from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. More updates on what's going on with Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers. Uh, we're tracking baseball down here. We're getting ready for game two of the NBA Finals. We go to that right at 5 o'clock after Cofield and company. Here is Silver 7's across the way from the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Uh, Yankees going to the bottom of the 7th trail. Seattle, John, two teams uh, just three games above 500. Seattle is up 3 uh, nothing and got really good outing from one of their young pitchers. Finals in, uh, two of them. Dodgers did win earlier today, 6-1 winner. For the sweep. I, I totally forgot about uh, Julio Urias yesterday when I was talking about the pitchers, uh, which is funny. He's one of my fantasy guys. 6-1 um, win. He went out, got his 11th win. Guys don't win games anymore because they don't go that long, but he went seven, gave up one run, struck out nine. He's been really good this year. So the Dodgers back at uh, 20 games over 500. Not an easy series against the Marlins as uh, Chris Taylor drove in two runs in that one. And uh, you just mentioned a note to me about the Astros and the All-Star game. Get to that in a second. The Astros lose today. I think that's the best team in the American League. The thing is, you know, the A's are right there with them. A's are uh, 21 over 500. Astros, 20 over 500. A's win today, 2-1, to one, and they get a really good start from uh, Montes, who has you know not been consistently great this year. He had 10 Ks, just one walk, and six and two-thirds. So, yeah, what's going on with the Astros in the All-Star game now? So, well, they're all pulling out of it. Uh, so, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve decided to skip the All-Star game. That came down about four or five hours ago. Uh, I want to say one – was there one more? I won't you know, officially say it because I think I saw something on Twitter that one more was pulling out. Uh, but there is the theory that uh, – the Astros players do not want to play in the All-Star game because they don't want to they don't want look to their contemporaries in the eye. Oh, that, oh, that's not the fans. It's about facing the, the, oh, yeah, no, the fellow baseball players and the fact that they cheated. Right, being in the same dugout and having to hear it from guys uh, when they're there. You know what's funny about all that now is, yes, they're part of the biggest recent cheating scandal as a group. And by the way, I think we know, we can speculate now, it wasn't just the trash cans, it was sticky stuff back then too, right? Mm-hmm. That their, their pitchers were so amazing. You had the career rebirth of... Justin Verlander, allegedly, not the rebirth, but the sticky stuff. I feel like the like the sticky stuff is so widespread across baseball that it's actually maybe taken a little bit of the pressure, the sting, away from the Astros cheating scandal. Like we already have another cheating scandal. Right. Well, and here's the- uh, yeah, I, yeah. Let me. Cheating's a strong word. I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna walk it back a little bit. What the Astros did was cheating. I think right. other teams were doing it. The sticky stuff was, hey, let's turn a blind eye to it by baseball, but we're seeing the effect of it because there are pitchers the last month who just look like different guys. Correct. Right, yeah, you're right. And, like, what the Astros were doing, the argument is, like, to a certain extent, like, what extent were you stealing signs, right, as a team? Everybody was doing it, but the Astros seemed to take it to an insane level. But, yeah, no, everybody is doing this in Major League Baseball. Hell, guys are getting hurt because of it, right, in terms of not being able to grip grip the baseball the right way and all that stuff. It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. News of the day locally is that one of our big boxing matches coming up could be going down the drain. We don't know what's happening yet with the Fury camp, but Tyson Fury's camp has a COVID outbreak. So there is a possibility, certainly if he gets it, that the July 24th date here in town, mega fight, third fight between the big heavyweights, could go down the drain. I wonder if Logan Paul is available on short notice since he technically is the biggest name in combat sports, John, and you love him. I mean, he's the savior of boxing. Uh, 
I still don't know if Ari likes him or doesn't, but uh, he sent over a story today saying that Logan Paul, this is going to be great for the audience, it's like 40 plus, maybe not paying attention very much. Oh, uh, yeah. Like me. Um, Logan Paul isn't a fan of Lil Baby's music. Says Lil Baby will be done in a year. I guess Lil Baby. Then, and as Ari put it, who is arguably the hottest artist in the game right hottest. now, responded with Logan who? You know who. You know who. Do I, do I know? Do I know Lil Baby? Can we play some Lil Baby clip here? Alright, solid stuff. A couple of drug references, little some gun references. Good stuff. So he's the hottest he's the hottest person in the game right now, arguably, John? I'll take your word out. Yeah, John's out of touch and old. Well, no, I just um, it sets you up. I think we've talked about this before. The young guy on the show. I enjoy hip hop music, as the kids call it. <laughs> as uh, a kid, you're calling people kids. Uh, but I'm not like if it's music industry, I'm I'm really not up to date on a lot of it. Like I know who Lil Baby is. I've heard some of the music, but if you were to tell me, here, listen to these four songs, point out a song, I would probably not be able to tell it to you. I'm also severely disappointed for two reasons. One, I looked it up. Logan Paul is worth $19 million. But is that good or bad? That's well, amazing, isn't it? It's amazing, but it's disappointing because little baby's only worth four. Ooh, <laughs> for now. But, <laughs> for now. But for now. Well, here's now. the thing. This is where it gets more disappointing. A story from 58 minutes ago. That net worth might be in a little bit of trouble because uh, he was just taken into custody on drug charges in Paris. We got that coming up. He's, <laughs> he was actually tied to my guy, Harden. I don't mean, like, literally tied to him. But, uh, yeah, that story's coming up in... About 10 minutes. So you got to be careful when you travel abroad. Um, I have no idea what's going on in terms of traveling to Japan. We're going to check in at some point. Uh, boy, you know what's funny? You were, um, you were referencing just workplaces in general earlier and communication. I know sometimes we're all on an island. We had Darren Millard in last week. And, you know, it's the end of the hockey season. And uh, we're like, hey, what do, you, what do you got coming up? Darren, a nice vacation? He's like, I'm going to Tokyo, actually. And I'm like, oh, well, that's awesome. A trip to Japan. That's so great. What are you going to do? He's like, I'm working the Olympics. I'm like, okay. I had no idea. <laughs> so somehow we've wrangled him now into getting up at like 6 in the morning, Tokyo time, to come on the phone with us nice. in the future. Uh, it's going to be a weird Olympics to call, to certainly compete in. It looks like almost no fans are going to be there, and that was expected. Now what do we have going on in Japan with COVID? State of emergency, my friend. And spectators have been barred from Tokyo Olympic venues amid the state of okay. emergency. July 23rd is when everything opens up. It's a state of emergency in the host nation. Yep. Hey, man. Could've, couldn't have seen this coming. Big advantage for U.S. basketball, though. All of them already participated in an empty bubble, so this will not be throwing them off at all. It's a good point. Bet the Americans. Was that, is that the, is that, yeah, right. that's is the, that the final tip? That's the angle. Because otherwise you weren't going to bet them? Uh, well, no, I think they're going to clean up. I, I thought that there was a chance that, like, a, uh, an Australia could potentially be very competitive. Uh, the Czechs have a sneaky good team. I always confuse. Lithuania, I believe, is where Luka plays. Um, you know, those are some decent teams as well. But I think, I think Luka's Latvian. But Latvian, excuse me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I apologize for my ignorance there. Uh, I didn't call you ignorant. Just, you know. Oh, that's ignorance on my part. It's one of the rare times I can make a correction, and I think I'm correct. Yeah. <laughs> right. Regardless, no, I'm worried. Yeah. Regardless, story. Vast open. research crew. Please look it up. Minus 350 to win the Olympics. Make it 450. Let's go.
Where is Luka Doncic from? I think you're right. Slovenia. Okay. So we both got it wrong. <laughs> no, he doesn't play. No, no. I don't no, know. No. I don't know what team he's on. He does not play for that. No. We got to get the information. Luka, Olympics. Was he just going to switch countries? No, he because I, I just watched him play. Oh, he did play with Slovenia. Underdog no. Slovenia <laughs> starring <laughs> Luka. <laughs> oh, you know what? They we just played. Who did they just play, though? They just Son played somebody. Oh, okay, no. well, yeah. You try. You try. Yeah, they I, just I, beat Lithuania. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, you That's got why it right. Then you got it right. Actually, I got confused. Kind of. More than me, not At least of. they just played Lithuania. Yeah, they played Lithuania on the 4th of July. Uh, I, as a communist, was actually watching FIBA basketball on the 4th of July. You after, love FIBA ball. After the hot dog eating contest. Uh, they just do it the right way. They play the game the right way. <laughs> In a lot of ways, they do. A lot of layups and threes and pale complexions. You know, yes. it's, it's just the, it's the right way to do they, it. They change the game. Yep. They totally change the game. All right. Well, changing the game is, uh, I guess, what Carl Nassib did. I, I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have. Uh, Nassib, the Raider defensive end, released an IG video, and he's like, hey, I'm gay. Here's what's going on. I'm going to give a big donation, um, you know, and I want to help others. So Derek Carr's playing golf, the Raiders quarterback up in Tahoe at the Celebrity Tournament, and he sat down with Holly and Smith on Peacock, and they started talking about Carl Nassib. Pretty interesting conversation. A couple of long cuts here, but I want the audience to listen to this. Here's Derek Carr talking about his teammate, Carl Nassib. What was interesting, and maybe I just have been missing it, no. it was a big story, and then it wasn't, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Is Carl Nassib. Yeah, Carl. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. And you obviously were very supportive of him yeah. when he made his announcement. The organization yeah. was, the league was. Yeah. Can you kind of take us inside? I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him personally yep. at all. You've seen What yep. has been like since that announcement? Yeah, so, like, everyone was, like, bugging me about sending out a tweet, and I was like – this isn't something to tweet, you know. I, I called the guy personally. Like, he's my teammate. He's my brother, you know. And uh, at first I was shocked because I didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. there was no – he never talked about it to any one of the teammates. He just kind of – his moment was when he grabbed his phone and did it that way. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I called him, and uh, uh, he was working out, so I texted him, and he sent me a text right back, and he said, Derek, you have no, no idea how much it meant to me for you to reach out. Yeah, I didn't understand the whole uh, push – like for the next couple of days, like no one has tweeted about this, no one's posting about it. Why do they have to? Why can't you just talk to the person face to face, sort of? But you know, one on one, you have to send out a tweet. Then that, which by the way, but it, it also leads us back to what happens on Twitter and social media all the time, mm-hmm. where people feel obligated to say something like it's a virtue signal like well, it doesn't mean anything if you talk to Carl Nassib then that's what means the most well but the funny thing is the people who would say that would also be like there shouldn't be a story and it's like okay well which one is it right which one do you want do you want the overwhelming support of text and tweets that don't really mean anything because you just want to be seen as the guy who's sending one out or do you want to just be like okay he's gay let's move on to me I wanted him to know like like everyone knows I'm a faithful man yes. I, I believe a certain way and this kind of, that doesn't change the fact that I love this man right that doesn't change the fact that I'm gonna treat this guy different like I, I, there's people that think different things about everything yeah you know that doesn't mean that uh, I get to treat you different than I treat somebody else like because in this country we've seen that if you don't agree you must hate each other yeah and I right. said I said I said man bro I want you to know this I told Carlos and I'll share it I said bro if no one else has your back and no one else will talk to you I will I said, I love you, bro, and I'm here for you. And he's like, thank you, dude. Holly and Smith, brothers from another podcast, Tahoe talking to Derek Carr. Why are you smirking? He said he's got his back if no one else on the team does. That's a, that's a nice gesture. That's a nice thing to say. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case well, at all. That's kind of my – I want to be careful here. That's kind of what I'm thinking, though. Like, 
why would that thought into your mind? Why would that be that you think that there's a possibility nobody would talk to him, that, that he would be spurned by your teammates? Uh, here's the thing. If you want to you really delve into you know, word by word, try to read between the lines, th- this is also not an easy subject to talk about, so I would cut him a break. Like he actually in 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 that cut he was saying like I would treat him different. He said he meant to say I would not. Treat oh well, him yeah. So I, like I you're it's that. it's not the easiest topic to talk about. Keep going, Carr up in Tahoe talking about Carl Nassib. Like if he comes in the locker room and someone doesn't agree with him, I was like that's okay as long as you love him. Like don't treat him different. Like he's that's our brother, bro. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. We're trying to help him be the best version of himself. Good, and I hope that's the attitude, and I hope if there are issues, things are smooth over quickly, and those are the conversations that go on. Uh, then the guys start talking about in- inclusivity and uh, the freedom to be who you are. On the outside, people project this Neanderthal-type mentality when it sounds like that's the farthest thing. And, and, and projecting. You said projecting, too. Yeah. I think a lot of people are projecting and putting it on somebody else. Which where, is like, that's yeah. that is that is that's yeah. not really how NFL locker rooms no. work. Do, in, in short, do yeah. guys really care? No. I mean, the, the thing the thing that's crazy, because he came out and said something, and then that's how he chooses to live. And the thing in a locker room is, we don't care, bro. Like, we're here to put our arms around everybody yeah you know at least the good teams at least the teams that care about each other that's right and we're here to put our arms around each other and help each other be the best version of themselves yeah and so when he comes in our locker room will there be a couple guys i don't know you know i can't speak for everybody sure but i can speak for the majority of the guys that have been around that we're going to wrap our arms around him and say bro we love you for who you are give great effort you know we're yeah. still going to demand the excellence in football. Like yeah. how you choose to live your life, how you choose to live. He's your life. the same popular guy that he was before. You just know who he who he really is now, and, and good for him. Like yeah. there are so many of us, whether it's you know our our, our sexual orientation or whether it's our, our political belief. If we could just walk in a freedom, like yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about, yeah. like we'd all be so much better off. Yes, man. There you go, Tahoe brothers from another Peacock podcast, Holly and Smith with. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. But you see how difficult it is for people to talk about, right? I mean, can I say it shouldn't be? Well, of course it shouldn't be, but it's for a lot of people, it's not easy to discuss. Especially pro athletes. And then you also have media people who are like, uh, I got to watch what I say. Like, I would hope the Raiders as a team deal with this like most of us deal with it in the workplace. You'd hope, as the beginning of the cut was talking about, there is not uh, any sort of machismo, right? Where guys are going to be uncomfortable. So I hope that's smooth because the Raiders need it. Mm-hmm. The Raiders don't need any distractions. Gruden already came out and without saying Trent Brown, when he talked about energy vampires, he was talking about Trent Brown. They had energy vampires last year. Now I will also say from Gruden on down, they completely mismanaged COVID and it jacked up their season. They probably it, it potentially cost them a win or two. I mean, they were getting, I mean, was it the Bucks game that got pushed back, and then the O line was completely in flux? Correct. So, like that again is going to have to be managed. So make sure that nonsense doesn't come up. All of the stuff that at times derailed them last year has to go bye bye, and Nassib can't be a new issue. So I hope they've cleaned up. If well, you know, here's the thing: if there's going to be an issue with Nassib, they didn't know until recently. Maybe, maybe he told them earlier. Like, that, that would be, that would be an issue to tackle. If, if NASA had told them months ago and they're like, oh, crap, all right, uh, this guy, this guy, and this guy are going to have an issue with this, we got to get him the hell out of here. Right. I mean, I guess, I mean, look, I, I've always been kind of just, 
Like it shouldn't be. An, it, bottom line is that it shouldn't be an issue, right? It shouldn't be a conversation. Of course not. It should be just, look, to a certain extent, what Carver's saying. Okay, he's gay. That's it. He's another human being. He loves who he loves. Let's move on and win the Super Bowl. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't be conversations about who disagrees and agrees. There's no disagreeing or agreeing. All right, we know. Let's. But you know that's not reality, and especially in a male-dominated workplace, it's not a reality. Right, but I would also think that even if you are one of those close-minded people, for that to distract from the ultimate goal of winning a championship as an athlete, that would be—I mean—that would just be incredible for for you to allow that to derail your ultimate goal. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Now, back to Cofield and Company. He hits this ball a ton. Way out to right field. That is gone! Well, maybe he doesn't need any help. Joey Gallo's 22nd home run of the year. And... Oh, that ball is pounded again. Deep out to center. Gone! Gallo's second home run of the day. He's having his own private home run derby this afternoon. Oh, yeah. He's getting crazy. No, get crazy. Get crazy. Joey Gallo, on fire. My guy. Has no idea, is my guy. 239, 23 homers, 51 ribs, an all-star, and now part of the home run derby. Joey. This has been fun. No more sticky stuff. No more mid, you know, mid-level pitchers coming out of the bullpen or uh, fourth and fifth starters throwing their nasty curves with all the sticky stuff. No more four seamers up in the uh, up in the zone. We're back on even ground, baby. I'm trying to think. I, I want to see. Do you know where the count is between the three for your bet? Oh no, no, we got to add it up. My uh, my bet or my claim years ago when Gallo was still in the minors and Bryant was just emerging. Uh, that between Harper, Joey Gallo, and Chris Bryant, that Gallo would finish with the most home runs for his career. No, he's got he's got so much he's got so much ground to make up against. Bryce Harper. He's going to catch Chris Bryant. What are the numbers right now? Do you have them all in front of you? Yeah, Chris Bryant has, for his career, 158 home runs. Bryant, or excuse me, Joey Gallo's at 143. Wow! So he's going to catch up with Bryant, for sure. What's Bryce got, like 220? Hell, got, he can catch up with him this year. Uh, Bryce is at 247. Okay, that's tough. Right. So what do you say, at 143? So he's minus 104. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Right. You know, the, and the big advantage, first of all, Bryce is great, and Bryce hits for, he's a better contact hitter. He's not, I don't think he's as pure... Uh, he's not the pure power guy that Gallo is, um, but his head start too. Like right. Gallo was up young, but I mean Bryce was like an A rod. Of course he was. Yeah, and that's what you look at it in terms of age. How many like, home runs did Bryce have before he was say twenty four? Let's see. Uh, Sorry, I'm asking for insta stat on the other. Say this, super this, math here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> la la la. One hundred and twenty one home runs through twenty sixteen, and that was his age oh, twenty three oh, season. Oh my god. Yeah, it makes it kind of rough. Yeah, so his if you include his age 24 season for Harper, he had 150. Okay. You're right. And then like Gallo, he made his debut when he was yeah, 21, but he only had, what, 36 games, 123 plate appearances, and yeah. Harper was a regular it's crazy. rotation. But the point is, and we've talked about these guys for years, all three are from Vegas, and 
you know, it's grown a lot. It was still a relatively big city when they were, you know, playing uh, Ute baseball and high school baseball. Well, in Bryce's case, he went he went out of college by the, by the age of seventeen to play JUCO. Mm-hmm. But the run the, the run all three are on, and we'll, we'll get to Chris Bryant and that whole story and where he's going to land because he's probably going to be moved by the Cubs. But yeah, Gallo's in the home run derby. Uh, he's an all star. The home run derby now, uh, not that the day changed Monday, includes Trey Mancini, Pete Alonso, Matt Olson, Trevor Story, Juan Soto just added, uh, Sal Perez, Gallo, and then we'll get to Shohei. In about 20 minutes, we got some updates on uh, Shohei Otani and you stir in the pot on social media. So we all have our favorites. Right? Yeah, Joey Gallo is one of my favorites. You freaking, you're all over uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, we're both, are we, as a combo on radio, is there a bigger combo of Harden stands out there? No, no shot. We love James Harden. I have loved James. The, the first time I was on with uh, Alex on the late night pod, I almost got in a heated argument with him about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Brooklyn Nets, James Harden briefly detained. Paris not arrested. Uh, weed story. Now, if you actually read the story, this is it's really weird. James Harden in Paris for Fashion Week was stopped by police, but not arrested, and was never taken into custody. French media reports that the Brooklyn Nets star, who's been seen around Paris with Kanye West and Lil Baby, was on the street when a car was stopped after police smelled cannabis. Wait, what? Were they I, I, were they thinking a drug deal was going down? Oh, baby. Yeah, Harden was apparently nearby and tried to intervene and was stopped but let go. Video on social media showed him being briefly frisked in the incident. As it turns out, little baby, the American rapper, real name Ari, no idea. Uh, Dominique Jones detained Thursday for allegedly transporting. By, by the way, my eyesight's terrible. I initially thought it said for allegedly transporting dogs. What does that have to do with the drugs? Yeah, allegedly transporting drugs. So, there you go. They found 20 grams of cannabis substance that is illegal in... Wait a second. Of all the... Listen, I don't know all the drug laws. Of all the nations in the world, I mean, obviously the Dutch. You know, if you go to, careful here. If you go to Amsterdam. But all, all the nations in the world, don't you just envision the French just lighting wow. one up? Wow. What are you trying to say? Just chilling. Smoking some weed. I just feel like the French are horny people, and I feel like that what goes is, with marijuana. Is, I feel like that goes with marijuana. Oh, it does. Yeah, I had no idea. I guess it has a different effect on everyone. Uh, too much information. Uh, is this a, is this one of the biggest? <laughs> this is one of the biggest, I think, uh, controversies in hip hop since we found out Twenty One Savage was British. Lil Baby and James Harden get stopped. End of the road. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Uh, we told you at the beginning of the hour. Logan Paul, megastar, especially to people over forty. Um, he got little baby real angry because he said he's basically gonna he's a fad. I can't understand what he's saying. His music all sounds the same. He'll be done next year. Maybe he will be. Maybe he's right. I mean, even if he is, like I said, I I take a little bit of work for a, a net worth of four million dollars. <laughs> I'm down with that. Everyone, be careful. Do lots of stuff. For me. Everyone, be careful when they travel. Make sure you know the the laws of the land elsewhere. That's actually the bigger point. That was one of the things uh, about Shakira Richardson, right? About uh, like, hey man. Just because it's good in your country doesn't mean it's good around the world. The arrogance of Americans to think that you could just bring your dope to other countries. Your dope. Starting trouble in other countries. <laughs> this part of the show is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. May not need an attorney today or even tomorrow, but at some point, you might. And that's the time you need someone you can trust. Uh, our guys are Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, and the rest of the team at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Been around Cofield and Company for nine plus years and uh we only have people on that we trust, man. We, we vet everyone, and 
Uh, we really like these guys. Battleborn Injury Lawyers, give them a call, 570-9000, 570-9000. If you have an attorney now, you're not seeing the case move forward, you got to give Justin a call. Any legal advice you need, 570-9000, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Yepper, Silver 7s on a Thursday. It's time to check in on our Thursday conversation with Xavier Pope. In just a few minutes, we'll get into the big war going down at ESPN with uh, Rachel Nichols and others. But, Xavier, I do have to go back to the weekend. My favorite event of the year, favorite sporting event, True Athletes, the hot dog eating contest. I saw a tweet you sent out. You weren't upset with Richard Shea, one of the announcers, who was comparing Joey Chestnut to some of the greatest humans who've ever walked the earth, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he said that his feats of eating hot dogs uh, was greater than the kings of Egypt. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wow, math, science, uh, building wonders, one of the eight wonders in the world. That's that's really uh, that's really interesting. Um, But I mean, it it was a tongue in cheek kind of joking at the the introduction of Joey Chess. Now we know that in, in bouts like this, it's hyperbole as part of the introduction. I mean, the guy is like Slimer in Ghostbusters. I mean, hot dogs, he can, he could scarf down. Um, <laughs> 74 hot dogs in, exactly. 74 <laughs> hot dogs in 10 minutes. Like to me, I, I always wonder the TMI portion of that. Like what happens to your body yeah. After that, I mean, you're like clutching the rails at some point. So he has to really, you know, going in, he's really going ham. He looked really miserable. He did afterwards. I know. I, that's what I was. I was uh, not that he looks happy every time because, you know, it's a, it is a test of the body. But uh, a lot of people are speculating that at 38, he may walk away at least for some time and retire from competitive eating. I mean, you, you say that, but look at all the records. Yeah. I mean, it's Joy Chestnut, Joy Chestnut, Joy Chestnut, Joy Chestnut. And I think he should be scientifically studied to yeah. figure out how a guy that isn't <laughs> huge can scarf down that many hot dogs. But it started to take a toll on him. He started to get a little bit bigger. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the funny thing is the eaters in general have gotten smaller and in better shape. I mean, there's still some big guys who are, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". But a lot of them work out hard. A lot of them are bodybuilders. You know, uh, Badlands Booker was there. He's like 6'5", and like he, he's got to get in better shape. He's like 500 pounds now. Um, but it used to be a lot of guys like that. But now uh, the science of it, most of the eaters have to actually be in really good shape. Yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're consuming a significant amount of protein. Um, so being in really great shape and allow your body to process the food that you're eating faster and quicker so that you can eat more hot dogs. Yeah, the expansion of the stomach. Yeah, you can't have a bunch of fat around your stomach for it to uh, expand out. All right, so that's the hardcore stuff. Not really. The hot button issue of the week to get to with Xavier Pope, and there's a lot of layers to this is what happened with ESPN and Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor and Kayla Johnson and the way management handled it. I want to play you a lady named uh, Mariah Rose up on TikTok who did a real takedown of Rachel Nichols and covered a bunch of angles and kind of hit on some of the things she said here in just a second. Fire this, Ari. Maria Taylor knows what a generational talent she is in the broadcasting world, so I don't even got to go there and hype her up. Let's talk about the fact that she actually played basketball. Nah, nah, nah. You got your job as one of the faces of ESPN because you're so entertaining and talented and so good at it, right? You are a woman in the sports world and you sat there and you laughed about the Me Too movement, about your fellow women complaining about being sexually assaulted at work. You think that's funny? What really got me is you're tired of the Black Lives Matter movement because you weren't tired about posting about it or making your stupid little storybook monologues about it. 
Maybe instead of crying and calling Maria a diversity token, you can direct that energy to the people who think there can only be one woman on that stage. And if we're being real, Rachel Nichols is a subpar reporter. Subpar. Boring. Not great. I'm sorry your white privilege didn't work this time. Maybe next time. Okay. That covered a lot. That covered a lot. So where do you want to start on what happened with Rachel Nichols? What is happening with Rachel Nichols? What's happening is that she's not going to be at the NBA Finals. And right now her job is now being taken by and by someone else, uh, Malika Andrews, and who, by the way, is incredible at her job, is a star. And she, in her role, is like a veteran in how she handles herself. And on to top of that, she extensively covered the Bucks during the last couple NBA seasons. So she, the Bucks being the NBA Finals, she seems like a really natural fit for that job. So it has really nothing to do in terms of talent-wise, but that has to do with Nate Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols herself, I, I don't want to speak to how she got her job, but I do want to speak to how Maria Taylor has been everywhere that ESPN has put her, she has succeeded. Um, when the controversy broke, and even Jalen Rose on air talking about she needed the bag when they were talking about the Clippers, Reggie Jackson. She laughed it off and continued to go on and professionally has handled this better than you could possibly handle a situation like this. ESPN could have taken care of this issue within a couple of weeks if they had addressed it when it happened. And this goes to show in corporate America how conservative it moves in terms of issues until it blows up in everyone's faces. And I think that the network bears a significant amount of response. I know I'm sitting here on ESPN Vegas right now, but I think the network bears a significant responsibility for having, should have handled this a little bit more effectively on the out, at the outset. I think so much of this starts on the front end, and it's been ESPN's uh, inability to really have a policy on what is said on the air. The you know uh, declaration a, a few years back that, hey, we're not going to talk politics, then uh, George Floyd happens, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, we have to talk about stuff that is real world, and then that that is then bounced back on their corporate policy. There's a lot of inconsistency, and I, Jamel Hill said it, I thought, really well on the Levitard show the other day is uh, they had a long conversation with uh, Levitard and Jamel Hill and Amina Hassan, all folks who worked for ESPN, and Jamel Hill said, yeah, you know, out front on the air, they're about diversity, but, you know, they're into having black faces, but they're not really interested in hearing black voices. Yeah, I think that was a really great point made by Jamel. Because right after she made statements in regards to the Trump administration and Trump being a racist, and then she you know, spoke towards NFL and the relationship with his, its, its broadcast partners, she, she eventually and her and ESPN left ties with one another. And so you can't, and you have the undefeated, which is a great portion that, that centers black voices and black culture you can't have that exist in your network. And then you can't turn around and stifle black people speaking to what's important for black people. We are in an age of journalism right now where we are recognizing that we've traditionally had African-Americans sit in seats that belong traditionally to white Americans and then have told them that they can't use their informed experiences as black people as part of creating a narrative that is delivering straight news. And I think that that's been really unfair because you're not asking white reporters or white journalists to, hey, take out your white feelings or thoughts in terms of your impressions of how to frame a story. And so I think that 
And it's also unfair to say you can't deliver straight news or you can't deliver straight facts or you can't deliver a comprehensive, a dynamic storytelling without being a certain look, without having a certain viewpoint. I want to go back to one more thing that Rachel Nichols said, and it kind of got buried because the Maria Taylor stuff is getting all the headlines and the fact that she suggested that, hey, someone's getting a boost over me because they're uh, they're black and I'm not. What did you think about just kind of tossing it out there that, you know, she's exhausted with Me Too, she's exhausted with Black Lives Matter, and then laughing like a lot of people think that's actually the bigger part of the story. I think that is the bigger part of the story. Um, and when you have white people behind closed doors and if you're an ally you're not going to let someone sit around you and say something like that and then laugh at it and so it's the false ally narrative that you and that was mentioned in a TikTok video if you are running in the stories about black lives matter and what a me too you're a woman you're not going to allow someone to say something like that um and i think that it's it 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 it, it it really rang me a certain type of way for you to say I'm exhausted with Black Lives Matter, me too, because there are a lot of people in this country that feel that way. And mostly they're white men, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Um, they're not all white men, but there's a certain segment of white men who feel threatened by women, who feel threatened by people of color, who are advancing certain politics in this country that are, that's damaging to our democracy. And we don't, we don't need people who are afraid of equality and treating just because you put one person in a position that the entire society and social structure is crumbling. We right, must take right. this country back. Like, right. It's insane. Yeah. And think about, think about it this way. How many lead hosts are on a championship broadcast? How many? One lead, How many? Ho- one, one, one lead host. One lead host. Yeah. So that's only one job. <laughs> right. So, so somebody wins and somebody loses. It's that simple. Whether it's the NHL, whether it's the NFL, Major League Baseball, or the NBA, somebody's going to lose out. And think about the situation with Erin Andrews when she replaced a Pamela Oliver, Pam Oliver, over at Fox. You know, there was a there was, Pam Oliver didn't complain about you're advancing a younger white woman ahead of me, a black woman. That, we never heard any of that. You know why? Because at the time, Pam Oliver did not have a social media presence. Erin Andrews was doing all these different things on multiple platforms that that was showing that she was willing to be someone who could advance and use her platform bigger than what she was doing. So it made her a more valuable commodity. And that's why she replaced Pam Oliver. And guess who had been appearing on all over sports and hosting and doing these different jobs? Maria Taylor. That's why. Someone worked harder than you. Someone got better than you. And that's why they took your spot. I thought the other brilliant part of this, and it was like really quick hits, was what Adam Silver said, the commissioner of the NBA, and he boiled it down to something pretty simple, and he said it's sad that two women are being pitted against each other. Um, and that's a big part of the story, too. And it's the it's kind of the structure of how we program uh, television. You just mentioned there's one job. Why can't there be two? Why can't there be two women uh, up on the – if you have five people – to lead into the NBA Finals, why can't Maria Taylor be the lead and Rachel Nichols be on there as an NBA expert? They're both NBA experts. Why can't a female voice actually be one of the analysts too? This, unless you're using two separate desks and giving different perspectives, I can see where that has some sort of production value. You can do that, but that's not how it's done. It's one job, whether it's a woman 
or whether it's a guy. And I feel like people keep talking about this pitting two women against each other. I think that's a false narrative. That's a false flag. And that's a red herring. It has absolutely nothing to do with this situation. It was one job. And when some one person took that one job, one person pointed to diversity. And that's the problem. Not two women being pitted against each other. Uh, let's talk a little more about sports media and apologies. So Rachel Nichols and the way ESPN designed that whole thing. Whoever came up with the idea, it fell flat. It looked uh, disingenuous. It, it wasn't good. Emmanuel Acho was throwing out some hot takes, as we'll call them, on uh, weed and you know Olympic testing and made some pretty disparaging remarks. He then came back and said, hey, you know what? I got called out. I learned a bunch. What do you think of what Acho did? I mean... The reason why I like Emmanuel Acho is that he is a man who is open to learn. He's not one of these people, I'm going to spit a hot take and it's what I feel and how I think. He's willing to have a conversation about how he thinks and feels about things and how other people feel and thinks about things. That's, that's why he's so popular right now, because he's a person willing to have actual conversations and he's willing to be wrong. And so the fact that he's able to do that, we need more people like that in media who are willing to say, hey, listen, I, I went and got some research, and here are some of the things that I found out about pot. His thing was when, when the Ja'Carri Richardson issue popped off and she you know, got pretty much not being able to go to the Olympics because, it, you know, because she tested for marijuana, is a lot of people were saying, hey, you know, you, know, you shouldn't be, you know, if you should be taking pots, taking, taking hits of pot and then going out to the field. So many people were saying, hey, it's not like people are choking up in a locker room or oh on the field and get stoned. And so that's why he was taking a lot of heat from thinking that you're going to take a javelin and throw it again right. after high. So he looked into this a little bit more and he just he was just he decided to get a little bit more informed about pot usage and why, you know, it's it shouldn't be tested anymore. Like there's no one. No one's choking up in the dugout. Like, you <laughs> know, no one's no one's like, OK. Yeah. I got to hit these two free throws to win the game. You go to the back, take a little gummy, and then come back and hit the two game-winning shots. Like, no <laughs> one's doing that. And so the fact that he, Emmanuel was able to, to look into himself and say, hey, okay, I, I learned a little bit from this, and I can, I can approach this from a different perspective. I thought that was very, uh, I thought that was very diplomatic of him, and it just shows his character. So let's close on something light. I saw something really good on Xavier Pope's uh, Twitter account. Someone was asking, uh, Tony Posnaski was asking, what's the best spinoff TV show of all time? And, you had a pretty good list. Well, first of all, you named, I think, one of the best and definitely in the running for number one in uh, the Jeffersons. You had a different world, different strokes. Yeah. Curb your enthusiasm. You got some fight on that. And then Frasier. Yeah. Frasier is probably, the people will say probably Frasier is probably the best spin-off show of all time, which I, I, I or the Jeffersons. I, I have no problem with people saying that for, Frasier being a spinoff of, of, of Cheers and the Jeffersons being a spinoff of All in the Family. But Curb, I got the pushback on Curb because... People are like, wait a minute, like it's, it is a spinoff of Seinfeld. It is Larry David who wrote Seinfeld and what he's doing in his life. But it's still a fictionalized version of Larry David, the guy who wrote Seinfeld. It is a spinoff. I'll give you my best. All right. Cheesy Laverne and Shirley from Happy Days. Um, okay. As you said, Jefferson's from All in the Family. You remember Maude was also from uh, All in the Family. By the way, Good Times was actually from Maude. Yes, that's that's correct. Because Florence, Florence worked with Maude. Yep. Xavier Pope is with us. We close on this. What did you tackle this week on Suit Up News? Uh, Suit Up, we're talking about a little bit more what happened uh, with ESPN, but we're also talking about what happened with Nicole Hannah-Jones uh, and her flex to be able to move past the 1619 Project and what happened with her and CRT and all the different challenges she's faced to be able to move to Howard University and actually win, uh, a win for the culture. You, we, don't, we rarely see these wins like this. 
um, that you can celebrate. But I'm really happy that she's been able to celebrate it. And so we're going to talk about that. on All right, Xavier. We appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome, man. There he is, Xavier Pope. You can find him on Twitter, at Xavier Pope. That's where he does suit-up news. We're less than an hour away from our final NBA Finals Game 2 preview of the show. As Curtis Terry, the former running rebel, will step in with Cofield and company. The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. 364-1100 is the number. It's ticket giveaway time. Caller 11, USA basketball tickets, Team USA. Taking on Argentina. Argentina. Next Tuesday, two tickets to the game over at the Mandalay Bay Event Center, the McUltra Arena. Uh, USA Basketball is uh, in town now through the 18th. And you can get your own tickets at axs.com slash USA Basketball. It's also where you can get more information. And, of course, Team USA is uh, getting ready to go to the Olympics, Tokyo. Things start up on the 23rd, but we got a pair of tickets on the phones. 364-1100, 364-1100, caller 11. Now here's the bonus. If... You can't get through on the phones and you're in the area near Silver 7s at Flamingo and Paradise, JBT. I've actually got multiple pairs of tickets in my hand. How about that? I will work on getting you tickets. These are for our listeners. You slapped your hand onto the table. so Why would you not want to go? It's incredible. Best basketball athletes on one floor. See them all play together. Get down here right now. There you go. Hard sell. Hard sell. John is a uh, lunatic when it comes to the NBA and basketball in general. He's also a lunatic when it comes to Shohei Otani. Wait, Otani? Wait, they have a bracket? Otani's the number one seed in the home run derby? How is Joey Gallo not number one? Come uh, on. Because he's worse than Shohei Otani. <laughs> one's, got, <laughs> one's got 32 homers. Uh, Gallo's on a pace. If he plays like he did the last two weeks, he'll hit 70. Uh, he's got 23. Congrats on your pace. Um, let's talk some batting averages here. The bracket, Otani, 1-8, Otani against Juan Soto, 4-5, Pete Alonso, who's starting to pick it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Got off to a little bit of a slow start against Sal Perez, so I think that's 20 home runs By the way, at this point. Gallo, number two seed against Trevor Story. And then uh, Matt Olson, I wouldn't say a sleeper, uh, but he's also in a tough matchup. Three seed from the A's, from the future Las Vegas A's, uh, against Trey Mancini. There's something super masculine about Pete Alonso's batting stance. Like, where he just, like, rests the bat on his shoulders. He's like, yeah, I'm going to destroy this. Like, every time. There's no, like, wiggle. No, there's just like, all right, here we go. Like, so he's wait, holding is, something is, extremely heavy. If you're wiggling the bat, it's not masculine? Not really. Like, I've always found, like, Kevin, uh, what's, damn, who's the uh, old Red Sox with the uh, the weird batting stance back in the early 2000s? Who am I not thinking of? I don't know. Oh, come on. He's like I, a, he's a very popular I know. I think, you're, I think your batting stance impression sucked. I, I didn't get it. I'm sorry. Oh, you did it. Uh, and, I don't get I'll it. Look this up. Mm-mm-mm. Just play Trust the, the me. looking Trust up. Me. We need more looking up music. Kevin Euclid. Okay. Very dainty. You know, like very dainty. All right, I will. I will actually look up. I have to be reminded of how he looked when <laughs> look he was. This. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, he had it high over his head. I, you, <laughs> you, you put the bat straight up in the air. That's a it was different like, person. Like a, like a, it was dainty. It was like this. 
Meanwhile, you got guys like Pete Alonso, like he's carrying like a thousand pound club that he's ready to just destroy something. Based on that handicap, give me Joey Gallo to win the whole thing. Wait, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? I, I would bet. I think I'd bet on Gallo more than anything else. Like Otani, I think Otani's got the power and he's in very good shape, so he could probably last. You know, that's a very big factor. How do you know he's in good shape? Uh, How do we know he's in good shape? The constant shirtless pictures I sent you. Please stop sending. The other day, Shohei I sent you Otani guys. He was muscle up well, pictures. This wasn't a sh- this wasn't a shirtless one, but I sent you with uh, one. He was pumping iron just the other day. Very good. Um, Folks, we're not kidding. Like we really <laughs> like these guys. Really big fan. He's great. John, John just scrolling. Oh, there it is. Yep. Well, remember, I think there Good was Otani photo. I'm it was a Steve. couple of years. It was actually it wasn't a couple of years ago because this is when Miguel Sano was kind of at the peak of his powers. But like, there was one year in which like Miguel Sano made it to the final from and they just gassed out because yep. he just couldn't keep it up. Yeah, he's a massive dude. So you want to look Heavy. in those directions, right? And so like a guy like Joey Gallo or a guy like Joey Otani, I think would be in their top of my list. Not like all these guys are big beefy dudes. Right, um, Soto's pretty good shape too, but I think Gallo with his power. I would say Sal Perez ability. is a beefy dude. I wouldn't expect a squatty catcher. Right, he's not that squatty, but to to be able to go, you know, hundreds of swings. Right, so give me Gallo. Final in from baseball from this afternoon uh, was my sixth inning bet down three nothing, plus eight hundred, a bad one on the Yankees. Yes, <laughs> I did not get the comeback. They wound up losing four nothing. They are one hit in the game. It's a proud day to be a Yankee fan. My God. Welcome to reality. Yes. Uh, destroyed by one Logan Gilbert, one of the guys that uh, the M's plan on building around. They've got a ton of good hitters no, something as called, well. Not something called Logan Gilbert? No, not in this case. Uh, he, he, he's, uh, he gets some respect. Uh, Paul Sewell, the local, uh, kind of mixing and matching in that late inning role. He pitched the eighth, and uh, Graveman closes it out. But, yeah, uh, plus 119, Seattle wins. Against the Yankees, and four nothing. Big congratulations to you, Yankees! Now officially have a negative run differential again. So, congrats. is that a goal? Yeah, that's <laughs> something you pat them on the back for. <laughs> Not good. Uh, big five at four is on the way. We'll get you an update on what's going on with the big fight in town in a couple of weeks. We got a big fight coming up this weekend. Yeah, fight. Uh, the fight sports are back. MMA and boxing. We'll see if the boxing is actually going to come to fruition, and we'll get. Into the Suns a little more. Maybe we're a little too hyped after just one game. Uh, a lot of people are assuming that this is kind of a uh, walkover series, and I don't think John agrees with that, and I'm sure Curtis Terry, our guest, will be uh, in attendance here at Silver 7s, will be along those lines. This could be a long series. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.